Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, before we get to the things that we liked and the things that we didn't like, let me welcome in Kyrie Thompson of WEEI.com. Kyrie, give me your impression as to how things went down this afternoon in Foxborough. Well, that's about as complete a team win as you could have asked for, and especially impressive when you're talking about the fact that they did it with Bailey Zappi making his first career start. I mean, he went in, you know, kind of in the fire against Green Bay last week, and you just wondered how, how he was going to respond, though it seemed like it was going to be better that he was going to have more preparation. He was going to feel more comfortable at home as opposed to being at Lambeau field. And that proved true. The offensive line made sure nobody got close to him. He operated efficiently. Ramondre Stevenson was incredible and the defense pitched a shutout. I mean, what more could you ask for? What was the bigger play in your opinion, the scoop and score from Kyle Duggar or the pick from Jack Jones? I think the pick from Jack Jones really sets the tone here because I think that at the time that the, that the scoop and score happened, I mean, yeah, it blew the game wide open, but you kind of got the feeling that they, that the Patriots were in control and that they were probably going to be able to continue getting what they wanted offensively and that they were doing well enough on defense to make things hard on, on Jared Goff and company. But when you take, I mean, they took points off the board, they were in the red zone. Chances are, if, even if that pass falls incomplete, they're still going to get a field goal out of it and still have some points. And Jack Jones makes an incredible play. I mean, sitting from the press box, watching it, it was zone coverage. He jumps off of his man to go and steal that ball, makes an incredible play to keep his feet in bounds. I mean, watching him continuously do this, whether it was a training camp, preseason, his instincts for the football are excellent for a rookie, especially. And so, yeah, no, I, I think that that play really jump-started this defensive effort. And really, if you think about it, the, the, the scoop and score was kind of the, the punctuation point in a lot of ways, even though there were more fourth down stops to come. A good afternoon for the rookies from, you know, from top to bottom, you, you put Billy Zappi in there, you put Cole Strange in there, you, Jack Jones, even Tyquan Thornton got a little bit of a run for the first time this year. It was a good afternoon for the rookie class. Absolutely. And you, you talk about Tyquan Thornton had his first two catches in succession. They got him involved there with a little screen, a little slant route as well. I actually got a chance to ask him about it after the game and just how it felt to, to get hit, really. Because if you think about it, that he got hurt in preseason on a play where he was fighting for extra yards and he gets slung down to the ground. And when he got taken down that first time, he said, you know what? In a lot of ways, it was motivating for me because I knew I was fine. I knew I could take a hit. I knew I could get up. I knew I wasn't hurt. 
And I think that his role is probably only going to grow. I mean, think about that. He started off the week in the red non-contact jersey, comes back, they, they declare him active immediately, and he gets his first two catches right off the bat. I think he's he's shown signs that he can do exactly what everybody said that he could do, which is pick up where he left off, which was really good in training camp. And then you think about Cole Strange. He seemingly is getting better every single week that he's out there. Bailey Zappi, again, putting together a much more poised start, um, you know, much more poised outing than he did last week, which is understandable because he had more preparation. This was a rookie class that I feel like a lot of people didn't quite understand. Um, and a couple of the more puzzling picks, the ones that everybody had a lot of questions about, they've been performing well, they've looked good, and that's a great sign for the future of the Patriots. I'd be curious to get your take on this as someone who was there, at least watching the broadcast. It felt like the energy in the building sort of changed after Smith left in the ambulance. How did it feel for you and others? And how do you think it impacted the game in the immediate aftermath? You know, it, it was it was puzzling because we were trying to figure out what happened to him because it looked like he, he just fell down and you know maybe there was a torn ACL or some kind of knee injury because his legs looked like they buckled. But obviously you see an ambulance come out on the field and you realize it must be something more serious. And so there, there was just a lot of, of just kind of trying to figure out what happened. And anytime you see that in real time, I mean, I remember seeing you know, the stretcher come out for James White last year. I was at that game and how it sucked the energy out of the building for, for the Patriots against the Saints. And, and to see this obviously is even, even more serious. And, and yeah, I think that it, I mean, the Patriots obviously just kind of kept on rolling and doing their thing and moving the ball at will. But you kind of wonder what that was like for the Detroit Lions to see one of their brothers go down like that in in such a just just a scary fashion. And once again, you got to hope that he's OK. They said that he was uh, transported to a local hospital being evaluated for a neck injury. So uh, we'll be awaiting updates on that. I asked this question only half jokingly. Are we on the cusp of another quarterback controversy here in New England? No. I mean, my, that, my gut reaction is no. I just don't see it. And, and here, here's why. I mean, look, Bailey Zappi looked better this week than he did last week. There's no question about that. He operated with comfort and, and poise and conviction within this offense in a way that he, he didn't quite do last year. I, you can point to the touchdown throw that he made to Jacoby Myers as an example. Last week, that throw was probably hanging in the air for about four seconds because he's just putting it up there, praying to God that his receiver catches the ball. He just doesn't want it to get picked off. He might not even attempt that throw. This week, he does, and he puts zip on it. He's throwing it like he knows it's going to be there, and he knows that he can make that throw. His pocket presence was better. I only counted one play where I was like, Bailey, get rid of that ball. You know, don't don't hold on to it. Don't bail on a clean pocket. The rest of the time, he, he looked just so much better. So, yes, there's something to be said for that, absolutely. There's also something to be said for the fact that the Lions have the worst defense in the league, and you were hoping that – this is exactly the outcome that you are going to see. They kept the training wheels on Bailey Zappi in the red zone, just like, hey, don't try to be a hero, uh, make the plays that are there, which he did, absolutely. But I think it's going to be a different deal when you start talking about some of the better defenses in the league that might be able to take advantage of a rookie quarterback. When Mac Jones is healthy, bottom line, he's the quarterback. There is no question. There's no controversy about that. Mac Jones is better than Bailey Zappi. 
And I'm saying that knowing what Bailey Zappi has done the past couple of weeks, the fact that he's shown it's not too big for him. I saw this guy plenty during, during training camp, during preseason. I, I've seen enough to tell you that Mac Jones is better. Don't, don't trouble yourself about that. When he's ready to come back, he's the guy. All right, let's look ahead here. I'm glad you mentioned that because the the schedule for the next few games, these are winnable games for New England. Obviously, none of them are layups, but this is a real opportunity for this team to make some noise in the AFC. They're at Cleveland. They're home against Chicago. They're at the Jets. Then they're home against the Colts and the Jets again. That leads them into Thanksgiving. Are we looking at a team here that could go on a run over these next few weeks? We're looking at... In, in a lot of ways, exactly the same situation you were in last year, where you had a tough start to the season. You're one and three at after that week four point. You come into week five, you get a win. And obviously the Cowboys game being a little bit different, I think they had a bit of a tougher schedule, at least at the beginning part of that run, where you had the Dallas Cowboys and the and the Chargers, and they, they had a very nice win down there in LA. But this this string of games is absolutely one where you could see them getting out of it with only one loss. I mean, the, the way that they're playing, if they play complementary football, the way that they are capable of playing it, and especially if you get Mac Jones, I think that arguably the toughest test is going to come this coming week in Cleveland, where you've got to go against Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney and, and that pass rush up there. So it'll be interesting to see if they trust Mac Jones enough to come back. I highly doubt he'll be 100%, but he's been trying so hard to get back on the football field or do you go with Bailey Zappi against that pass rush and hope that he continues to show the growth that that he's shown thus far um and Jacoby Brissett playing pretty solid football even though the Patriots undoubtedly know him very well but then after that I, I mean you've got the Jets got to prove it to me I know that the Jet they, they scored 40 points uh you know in, in a win against the Dolphins though they lost their uh, you know, second string quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater. So that's not good. But I, I think that still they're probably going to have a plan for Zach Wilson and that offense, and they'll be able to do what they need to do against them. I don't see them getting swept by the Jets. So yes, this is absolutely a time where they could go on a run and you could see them be seven and four again, just like they were last year. And then it's just going to be about where do they go from there? I noticed you conveniently left out your bears in that, you know, look ahead there. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to look too much into that, but you know, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let this one go. I'll let that one go. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I mean, the Patriots should absolutely beat the bears because the bears are not a good football team. That said here, here's my caveat to this. The, the, the bears have played competitive football. They haven't played winning football necessarily uh, at least of late, but they have played competitive football and the Patriots have had a problem or two with quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket and run. Jared Goff obviously couldn't hurt you on some of those plays. Justin Fields can. And though Justin Fields stat line wouldn't necessarily indicate it, he played a lot better in week five, even though they lost to the Vikings you're seeing maybe a little bit of the arrow pointing up for Justin Fields. So it would, it will be a bit interesting if he comes into that week seven matchup in prime time, where by the way, he had a bit of a coming out party on Monday night football last year against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It'll, it'll be somewhat interesting if he's able to carry that into it, but ultimately the Patriots should beat the bears. They just should. Kyrie Thompson, thank you so much. Remind people where they can read your stuff, where they can follow you online. You can follow me at KD Thompson 5. I'm on WEEI, and you can check out my daily Patriots podcast 
first in Foxborough, seriously, every single day I'm posting something, whether it's locker room access or just my musings about the Patriots, feel free to follow me there. Appreciate it, my friend. Take care and we'll talk soon. Thank you.